How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. It's the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman time. Y'all must have forgot why we the best. People say the punches weren't really necessary. What do you mean why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. But it, the referee hadn't pulled me off. And my job is to hit somebody till the referee pulls me off. So to so those people, I would say maybe don't watch him and they go back to soccer. You know, I made history here tonight. I set another record. It's my name in history one more time. WFAN and Odyssey.com. You guys caught me under under a bad bad time, but you know what I'm saying? The rock's cool. I like ballers. I like ballers. You know what I'm saying? But he picked the wrong side. He picked another side so he could get it too. He could get his ass whipped too. Straight up. With all due respect, he could get it too. I definitely want to defend my 145 about. And let's see, I'm gonna talk to Dana. Dana, tomorrow I'm gonna call you. We're gonna have a talk. I love you, boy. Here's your Fight Fan host, Pete Hoffman. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. You can follow me at the Hoff WFAN, at the Fight Fan WFAN on Twitter, at the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman, everywhere else. That's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, WFAN.com, and the Odyssey app. This week, we got, I did a bunch of shows. On WFN, and I hope you enjoyed those. And they, they were fun for me. I had a great time. Um, but we're back to the normal combat sports fights. That's what we do here on this podcast. I have two guests Chad George, former fighter, now trainer. He's Transitioned into the training role more than anything else, but he's always been, you know, you, you, you've always have gyms, you're always your trainer. Uh, he was competing for a very long time, but he's decided to hang them up and just be cornerman, trainer, etc. He's going to join, as well as Vince Pichel. Vince from Hell Pichel. And Vince just had a huge win last week. Coming off a huge win, and he gets into some stuff. And some interesting comments about Conor McGregor. And and I let him say it, you know, interesting take on what's moving forward with him. And this week, you know, it's crazy to think that it's the last week of August, last weekend in August, and there's so many fights going on right now. It's huge. We have... Obviously, to start, it's it's whether you listen to it Thursday or Friday, it depends on how you view this. But tomorrow, Friday, the PFL, my boy Chris Wade's fighting semifinals versus uh, Bubba Jenkins. Looking forward to that. You have on Fight TV, which you'll hear Chad George. He's got a documentary coming out, and you can watch that too as well on Fight TV. You have the UFC fights which will be a good card. The main event, Edson Barboza versus Giga Chikese. Very fun. Kevin Lee, the return of Kevin Lee in the welterweight division versus Daniel Rodriguez. That fight is ridiculous. Prelims, pretty good too. Alessio DeCirico versus Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Sam Alvey is on the card. Dustin Jacoby is on the card versus Darren Stewart. J.J. Aldrich. On the card. And then Sunday, you have Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. And obviously, they made waves today with the issue with the weigh ins, the altercation. 
between Woodley and one of Jake Paul's people that went after his mother. And that's what Jake Paul and his posse do. They just ruffle feathers. They find a way to cause havoc. And that's how this fight got made with Tyron Woodley, too. You remember during the Ben Askren fight with Jake Paul. It was just a little innocent interaction that turned into something stupid. And good for Tyron Woodley to be able to get involved and hopefully be getting paid handsomely off of this. Tyron Woodley deserves it. Now, whether or not he's up for the fight, it's a different story. I mean, listen, I'm not sitting here going in there going thinking that we're going to see one of the best boxing matches of all time. That's not happening. I'm also not sitting here thinking that this is a WWE show and that it is a fixed fight. I'm hoping that it really is legitimate and that we will see Tyron Woodley, you know, put on a good performance. He has knockout power. He has some skill boxing. He's a fighter. He's been in the MMA cage before. This is not Ben Askren who's never really thrown a punch in the cage even. This this is Tyron Woodley. He knocked out Robbie Lawler. He's been in his battles. Now, I understand recently he has not looked as well. But this is somebody that you really can at least look at and say, it's a legitimate fight versus Jake Paul. And we've seen Jake Paul, his huge haymakers, just throwing these huge bombs. I don't know if those are going to get through to Tyler Woodley. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, I'm hopefully he's got some sort of defense. You know, it's not like he has. I said this with Ben Askren too, which I, you know, that's my own fault. But it's not like he hasn't been in a fight before. You know, you hope Ben Askren was able to block something. He couldn't. I think Tyron Woodley will be a little better. But it's it's very reminiscent. Jake Paul's style is very reminiscent of the bare knuckle fighting style. Like you go in there, it's not about boxing. It's going out there and just swinging as hard as you can. And you hope to land before your opponent does. And that way, you get the victory. Because you're taking your opponent out with these haymakers. Tyron Woodley, I'm not sure we'll be able to, you know, I I don't know. It's, it's, It's Again, it's boxing. But I don't think that he will get touched up that way. And that's a problem. I didn't think Ben Askren would either. But he got knocked out in. First round. I'm I'm hoping Tyron Woodley puts on a better show. And I think he will. And someone called me today and said, oh, he'll take a dive, blah, blah, blah. I think he's got too much respect. Unless he's getting paid tons and tons and tons of money. And to be fair, we saw the Floyd Mayweather stuff. Floyd held up Logan Paul in one of those rounds. When he knocked him out. Maybe not nice cold, but he he could have fallen on the ground. And rather than let him fall, he held him up. And I know it's an exhibition, but technically all this stuff is for show. I know they're trying to build up Logan Paul and Jake Paul and try to put them into more competitive fights. Logan Paul really can't do it. Jake Paul, maybe. We've seen him viciously knock out people. Whether or not that's real or not, ask Nate Robinson. Ask Ben Askren. Ben Askren didn't seem like he was too happy about getting hit like that, but he also should have defended himself a little bit better. So that's what we're dealing with. Again, it's going to be a good UFC card too. There's a it's a good good weekend in sports for combat sports. That is. Um, again, you know where to follow me at the Half WFAN. I'll put all my uh, my my picks there. I'll put in uh, the UFC picks as I always do. I haven't been getting as many from other people just because I've been busy. So I'm sorry about that. But we'll we'll eventually get the count back up again, and uh, we'll have some fun with it. For now, let's go to the interviews. First up, Chad George, former fighter, now cornerman. Talking about his documentary more, here he is, Chad Jordan. This is The Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. And being joined right now, there's a documentary coming out uh, Friday, August 27th, on Fight TV. And we have him right now, 
Chad George George is joining us right now. It's called Life of a Fighter. Chad George, how are we doing, man? How are you feeling? I'm doing good, man. Excited to be here. I'm in. Uh, I'm traveling a little bit right now. I'm in St. Louis, so. Uh, but everything's good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Explain something to me, Chad, because, you know, not many fighters stop fighting uh, and, and are out of the game right now, right? Out of MMA or not out of MMA, but but off of a win. You won three fights in a row and you and you haven't fought since. And now explain to me the process of why you have not fought again since then. I'm old, man. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, you know, honestly, I've had a long career, you know, fighting uh, professionally for 15 years. Um, you know, I had uh, uh, 26 fights. You know, it's a lot of wear and tear on the body. I've got a family now. I've already had back surgery. I've got neck injuries. And, you know, now I've got a school. I've got an academy. And I have a lot of athletes that I work with now. And to be honest, my passion has transitioned from it being about me. And now it's about them and being able to help them with their careers and Allowing people to, you know, have a little guidance in a path that I never did. You know, and you, we look, we look at like a guy like Khabib Nurmagomedov, and a lot of people cannot understand how somebody, you know, and personally speaking, you're 38, I'm 38, so or 39. I'm sorry, we're both 39. So I just turned 39. <laughs> so there we go. But uh, we're both 82s. So I don't consider myself terribly old, but I understand how, especially this sport, it's it's a younger man's game. But explain to me, can you explain to people that don't really believe in a guy like Khabib Nurmagomedov who could just say, I'm, I hung him up and I'm actually coaching and I'm enjoying this more? You know, it, it hurts the body. You know, athletes age in dog years. You know, I'm 39 years old, but I, I get up in the morning and it takes me probably three times the amount of time that it takes the average person to get out of bed. You know, and fighting is very selfish. You know, and as you know, we're, we're, you know, I'm 39 years old, you're 39 years old, that it comes to a point in your life where you have to make a decision. Am I going to continue being selfish, which is what fighting has to be, because you're going to stand in the cage and fight another man uh, or woman, depending on, you know, um, uh, your pursuit. But at a certain point, you got to decide when is it time to be selfless? And we all have to make that decision. And I think doing it at a stage like now where I'm 39 years old, I'm sure Khabib's the same way where. I want to be a coach that's inside on the on, on the ground running with you. I don't want to be the one on the outside pointing fingers because I can't do it. I need to be in there, and, I, and I'm running with you because if you can't beat an old, broken me, what do you think a 22-year-old that's hungry, that has no injuries, is going to do to you? Right. So, you know, if, if, if I can exploit it, how can we fix that, and how can, you know, you rise above? Uh, tell me a little about the uh, about the documentary that's coming out. You know, it, we talk about in sports – how mental issues definitely take place. It's it, it's a stressful situation. It's the it's, it's the the highest of heights when you win, but it's the lowest of lows when you lose. Can you take us through this documentary and and, and what it what it uh, what it hones in on about your life? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so life of a fighter is just in that you know it's the transition of somebody that's dedicated their life to this and going from one aspect of the sport into the next. And that's what I'm doing. You know, I, 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 I was, I was thinking about being done. My body had been hurting and I decided that if I wanted to be done, I wanted to do it on my terms and I wanted to do it in the process of becoming a, a full-time coach. And we get to actually meet uh, other athletes that are going through the same journey that I, that I went through in my career. Some that are just starting off. Like, there's one that, you know, moved across the country, living out of his car. We've got, uh, we meet uh, a couple of my athletes that are professional fighters that have overcome addiction. They're using this stuff to pursue their own battles. And then we also get hit with some tragedy that happens along the way as well that, that really, you know, hit us all pretty hard. And it was captured on, you know, a lot of this uh, on film. And it's, it's, it's remarkable in, in the aspect of my story is just like everybody else's. We all have things that we have to fight for and that we want to pursue and aspire to. And that's all this is. I'm nobody special. But I was able to make a, a, a pretty great career out of something that was never supposed to happen. And now I'm able to take that same fire and watch other people do the same thing. And, wh and why do you say that this career was never supposed to happen? I was an artist when I uh, when I got into this. I mean, when I my first fight, it was in Tijuana, Mexico, when <laughs> my weight class didn't even exist. It was illegal in the state of California. I was coming out of college, doing all kinds of drugs, all kinds of who knows what to my body. And I did it as a way of just getting in shape. I mean, when I took my first fight, it was like, do you want to do a fight? I'm like, what do you mean a fight? 
And they were like, yeah, well, you know, there's an opportunity coming up, you know, you're a college guy. And I was like, does it pay money? And, you know, cause I'm sure, I'm sure we've all done some stupid things for money, uh, especially when, you know, if it's yeah. those in college and, you know, for, I was like, how much money does it pay? They said, I don't know. I said, well, when they say it was like on a Tuesday and they said, well, it's on, on Saturday. And I said, well, hold on. So you want me to do a professional fire on Saturday? And they're like, yeah. I said, well, where is it? They said, Tijuana, Mexico. And I said, how much? And like, I don't know. We've never done this before. This is, I mean, you're talking 2003, 2004. And um, whatever made me do it, I said yes. And we were in the car. I drove to Tijuana, Mexico. And, you know, and I fought. And that was the beginning. And I was still an artist. I was still going to school. I had all these, So when I say this wasn't supposed to happen, I mean, I wasn't supposed to be a fighter. This is by no means what I spent $100,000 on school tuition for. You know, this was how I was supposed to go and work in studios and, you know, wear, wear cool little outfits when I go to work. <laughs> Um, but now, you know, look at this 15, well, now it's now 17 years later. Um, I've, I've got my second documentary coming out about my story. The first one was occupation fighter. That was about a guy trying to make it going through the WEC. And now we've got the conclusion of it. You know, Chad George, it's, it's interesting. We're being joined by Chad George, but it's very interesting because I think everyone's path is always so different. Like a lot of people like myself, you know, you had, you envisioned so much as a, as a kid and like you said, you went to school, you spent a ton of money, and next thing you know, you're you're living the life of a fighter, and you're in there for 17 years. I never, I've been in radio for seven, for close to 20 years. Never in my mind did I ever think about doing this. There was other things I wanted to do. Yeah. But at what point did you realize, I was like, this was the right move for you, or this was the perfect path for you? Um, uh, yesterday. <laughs> you know, like this, <laughs> like, you know, it, it's always an ongoing evolution, right? So, there was a point where I decided because I had my own studio. I, I uh, was doing art professionally for, for several years, and that was my path. And when I decided that I wanted to do this, I said, you know what? I'm going to dedicate everything. I'm going to give up art, my art career. I'm going to make the ultimate sacrifice. I'm going to pursue this, this fighting that doesn't have any opportunity for me. I'm going to make something happen. So I moved into my car, and I decided that I am going to be all in. I'm going to cut the safety net, and I'm going to make this happen. Well, when I did that, yeah, I had a lot. I ended up getting a lot of fights, but I mean, I, I had built up a quite impressive record of five and four um, at the time. That, I mean, that's definitely not worth saying that you left everything for. And um, I just had to keep pushing forward. I was like, you know what? I, I found more passion in finding, or let me say, I, I found more passion in the pursuit of finding who I actually was through fighting than I was sitting behind a desk doing artwork. I mean, there, there's something so relieving and there's something so um, real about facing your fears and it's only in that moment that you can really learn about yourself and that's what it's been about this entire process i've realized that every fight every event and everything that i've done going since then the day i made that commitment has been about trying to figure out who i am and what i stand for and all these years it has been that process and you know it changes over time but today, I think I have a pretty good grasp of who that person is and, and you know, why I've gone through everything that I have. Take me through where – because, again, when you started, you, you started in a place where, you know, MMA was, was beginning to rise and become a little bit more, um, a little bit more notor notoriable and stuff like that. It was, it was getting a little bit more highlighted, but it wasn't at the peak. And, and now, I mean, geez, like 15, 20 years later – it is at a level where it's everywhere. The prom there's not just one promotion that that's at the top level. You are. You've been through them all. Like you know, UFC is 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 there, uh, but but Bellator is at that com competitive level. They have the PFL. They have uh, the LFA. They have everything out there, and they're all rising and they're doing well. And now they're having like these celebrity boxing fights, and they're having these. Mm -hmm. Tons of different things, and combat sports is at a mecca. It's at a height right now. One hundred percent. Explain to me right now, like where, where you were and how you've seen it rise up too. Is it like, it's? Did you expect this rise to happen? I don't think any of us expected this. You know, going from the days of fighting in Mexico, like the bar that we fought at, there was no commission. <laughs> like if you had ringside seats, your job was literally you could put your beers on the ringside. And just make sure the people didn't fall out of the ring. Like that, <laughs> that was your job. And, I mean, now I've been lucky enough to fight on some of the best shows in the world. You know, um, even back in the day, I don't know if you remember Bodog. Yeah. I was fighting for Bodog fight. You know, you had Fedor that came out of it. You had 
uh, Eves Edwards. We had even Jorge Masvidal, like all these guys that were fighting in Bulldog back then before they were who they were today. Um, yeah. I had the I had the liberty of fighting the WEC. You know, it was, it was us and the best lightweight fighters in the world, which eventually became the UFC. And then after that, you know, I got the I fought I fought in Bellator. I also became I, I competed in the first combat jiu-jitsu uh, event. I, I won that. I became the, the first world champion with that. And I mean, I'm in St. Louis right now because one of my athletes is fighting for the LFA uh, featherweight title tomorrow night. So I mean, watching the evolution has been great, but I think being a part of it has been something that that's remarkable. It's something that I can get up every day and be happy with that. That is what came from me taking that, that, that risk and saying, I'm, I'm going to do this. I, I don't care what the results are because I'm in pursuit of something bigger than a paycheck. Tell me, because we do know how, um, I always say this, I think that it's, it's obvious. I mean, even though I'm a huge fan of the sport, I do understand and respect the fact that besides the fact that you go, guys are going out there uh, guys and girls are going out there, and it's entertainment to the fans, and that that that's part of the whole thing for sure. It's more than that for the fighter. It's real. It's real life. You're going out there, and people are literally trying to knock each other's heads off at times. That's part. That's part of it. You've been in some situations in the in the cage where the refs haven't been up to par, up to standard. You know, was that part of of the reason too why you decided to hang them up now? No, you know, I think, you know, whether it's I've, I've had bad calls against me in fighting, I've had good calls against me in fighting. And I think that everything is whether it's whether you win or you lose. Right. It's a moment and it's on to the next. It's whatever you do in the process after that moment happens. And, you know, I, I, I don't look at the victory. Yeah, those are great things to uh, to 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 hold on to. Right. Victories are fantastic. But the, the, the losses will rip you apart. And if you learn how to deal with both of those collectively, you realize that whatever your result is, it really doesn't matter. It's what you do in between that really matters is the process. You look at all the most successful people in the world. The results is not what got them that success. It's the process of what got them to the results because it's duplicatable, right? It's not like they got lucky and all of a sudden just because they won a world title that they were able to make all these amazing things happen. No, it's what they did with that title it's what they did with the things that they built along the way and i think every win and every loss if you do what you're supposed to do you take it as data it's all learning and experience to figure out how you plug it back into the system and me stepping away from fighting really is because i'm obsessed with the data i mean i'm absolutely obsessed not only for myself but for my athletes that i work with and i i look at my team and i say okay when we go out and we fight what are we doing and where are we coming short or where are we excelling I take that data and I and I and I literally obsess on it and we create new drills and new ways of approach so that way we we evolve as a team based on each person's results when they go fight not on what what, what you know oh I want to do these drills like no if we're making this common mistake we create that environment to fix it and then we go test it again I you know I ask a lot of the fighters you know if they prefer to have their coaches and trainers do a lot of the legwork as far as you know when they're when you're training for a specific fighter when you're going up against an opponent you're doing all this training do you want your trainers and coaches to kind of give you how to approach this fight or do you want the fighter to kind of do that homework the, the legwork too and to follow up and like watch the other mm -hmm. opponent's fights and stuff like that because it's a it's a weird thing it's like sometimes you could over put in almost too much information to a fighter be like, okay, I'm changing what I'm doing now to adjust to this opponent. Or do you want the fighter to just focus on what they do best? You know, that's actually a really good question because I think that that is relative to each fighter. Sometimes fighters need all that information. Other fighters uh, don't, don't want to hear anything because all of us are afraid. All of us are terrified of getting in there. I don't care who the athlete is. If they say they're not afraid, they're lying to you. But everybody just handles that differently. And so some of my athletes, you know, even myself, like if you give me too much information, I'm going to put this person in front of me on a pedestal. And all of a sudden it's like, I'm chasing something that's unbeatable. When, if you really just take what they're good at, then you can break it down because then it's like, okay, I'm not looking at him. I'm looking at the skill set that I need to develop and work around in the process because it's the process. It's not the person that I'm fighting because at the end of the day, when we get in there, here, here's a big thing is that yes, there's a man standing in front of me, but I'm really fighting myself. I'm fighting my own insecurities. I'm fighting the fact that 
I think that I can take him down or he can't take me down. So whatever's going in my head, that's really the person that I'm fighting. And I need to be able to figure out a way to work with that on each athlete that I have. And that's, that, that can be difficult because I, I have, you know, I have about 40 guys that I'm working with now. And, you know, each one of them is like, I, I have to cater to differently. And some of them are a little more needy than others. Do you feel, uh, not saying you feel confident. I'm sure you guys have to feel confident. This is a sport where you cannot go into the cage and be like, all right, well, let's just, let's just, let's just cross our fingers today. You have to feel confident going in there that you've done the preparation and stuff like that. But, you know, being a fighter, going in yourself and looking at your opponent across the cage, being to now being a corner man and looking at your, 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 your fighter and seeing them fight. Are you more nervous now watching your, your fighter go in there for a fighter? You were you in the cage itself? Was there more like adrenaline going? Man, I'm so much more nervous now because I can't do anything. You know, like I stand across like uh, two weeks ago, I was coaching um, Pedro Munoz. And I mean, we were standing in front of Jose Aldo, you know, and that's like, you know, I was like, a, like that was one of the, one of the most terrifying things ever. Not because of I'm looking at Jose Aldo as a, uh, as a legend, which he is, but it was more like, man, this is, this is the opportunity for, for, for my athlete. I'm not looking at the person as like, Oh my God, I'm afraid of this. I'm, I'm, I'm it's the excitement that, that, um, that gets me nervous now because I know what my guys are capable of and I just want to see them succeed. And there's nothing I can do beyond trying to give them a little bit of encouragement. Yeah, no, I, listen, I, I, I've talked to plenty of fighters, plenty of friends. Like I, I, as just a fan of the sport, I get, on edge anyway. And then when I get to make a connection, I see someone go in there. I've talked to plenty of athletes. I always say this all the time, but I've talked to athletes that are just fans of the sport. Like they have been in game sevens of the world series. And they say they are more anxious watching their friends fight than playing in a world series. It's, 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 yep. it's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable feeling. Uh, Chad, and you can't show it. You can't show it. No, you well, Yeah, you can't. No, you definitely can't. You get, you can't not at all. Not, not in this game. Cause if you do, you're done. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, Chad, real quick, is there something else? I mean, obviously, the the, the Life of Fighter documentary is coming out tomorrow, August uh, 27th. Fight TV. Uh, looking forward to that. Is there anything else that you want to promote? Anything in your Twitter handle, your social media handle, anything else that you want to get out there? Oh, I appreciate you having me on. I really do. You know, this film is it's um, it's a great conclusion to something that I never thought was ever going to happen. You know, me turning a career that people would say is, is inspiring. And that's just what I want to do now with, with everything and every person that I come in contact with is to help inspire them to think and, and, and be bigger than what they thought was possible because I'm nobody special. I'm really not. I'm just a kid from Sacramento that just didn't want to give up. That's it. You know, and if, if I can do it, so can everybody else. And you know, that this is just the proof of it. Um, you know, you can find my, my social media on Instagram is Chad Savage, George, on Twitter, it's Savage135. And then again, um, we've got the documentary that releases tomorrow night on Fight TV. But then also, like I said, I've got my student, Bruno Sosa, uh, fighting for the LFA world title live on UFC Fight Pass tomorrow night as well. Let's go. There's a lot going on. By the way, uh, my favorite band in the world comes from Sacramento, the Deftones. Which one? The Deftones. Yeah, I grew up on them. Let's we go. The same era. Let's go. But we we would go to clubs, little 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 clubs in Sacramento, and watch Deftones perform. It was just a band. Yeah. It was just a small like all my little high school buddies that had their bands. They'd all perform all together with the Deftones, and it was just like, oh, Deftones are playing. Now all of a sudden they're this massive band. I'm like, oh, that's so cool, dude. I've I followed them. I've been like obviously when they come to New York, West uh, East Coast, I'm all about it. I went to Amsterdam and saw them uh, in Amsterdam at the Paradiso, dude. Like it was a crazy, incredible experience, man. I, I need to talk to you more just about that alone. So can we do this again? Do you promise me? I, would, we, I, man, I promise you. I would love to do it again. Love to do it again. Dude, Chad, you're the man. I appreciate it. Listen, good luck tomorrow night. Good luck with the documentary. I'll be in touch, all right? All right. Thanks, Pete. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you to Chad for the time. Um, Really good dude. You know, like it's it's just sometimes you sit there and you, you see that these people, you know, are going through it and going through life. And they make decisions, and sometimes you just get to a place that you never thought you'd get to, and it's incredible. Um, he, you know, has made some choices. He was a competitive fighter in some huge promotions, and now he's a coach and a trainer and a quarterman, and he's got a documentary about him. So good for him.
Uh, check that out, Fight TV. Let's up. Let's get to Vince Pichel. I've teased it before. We get into it a little bit later on. We'll talk about it. You'll hear it. It's interesting, but he makes a uh, very interesting take. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. On Conor McGregor. So here he is, Vince from hell, Michelle. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, and we are being joined right now from Vince from hell, Michelle. Dude, congratulations on the win. It was, dude, you're phenomenal. I saw your face light up after they started reading the first score, 30-27. Was there worry at all? Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I thought that I had done enough to win the fight, but you never really know if the judges. But I thought it was going to be – I honestly had given him the first round just because I felt like he was kind of stifling me from landing uh, a lot, right? Like <laughs> – I don't know. It sounds kind of stupid, but I, I feel like I feel like I gave him the first round, and I won the first in the second and the third. So I don't know. I thought it was going to be a split, but once they started saying unanimous, then I, then I knew it was me. There's no way they would give him unanimous. You know, the judges suck. You know, and I I don't mean to say that in you know in a negative way all the time, but really they there's sometimes where we sit there and we think it's such a close fight, and you hear a thirty twenty seven, and you're like. How is that even possible when everyone's scoring at 29, 28, but, you know, going back and forth? Yeah. So, I mean, is there any way for you to even think there's a good way to change the scoring system? I don't know. I think I think the best way that we're going to get the most accurate scoring possible is to make sure that the judges have been actual fighters. Mm. And I don't mean just like kickboxers or, or jiu-jitsu <laughs> fighters you know what i mean i mean actual mma fighters because it, it takes someone who's who's been in those shoes and in those situations to fully understand who's who's winning what you know what i mean and i feel like a lot of judges don't really understand that sometimes or certain judges don't understand that right so i think i think just that but you're always going to have i mean there's always going to be a flaw in the system man there's always controversy yeah, the best thing we can do is just get rid of the shitty judges, right? Once we know we're shitty. <laughs> shitty judges so, and, like, and shitty shitty refs too. Tell me, listen, I don't want to dog refs, but I've been seeing refs some. Too, yeah. And 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 how is that as a fighter? I've I've heard, I have heard now not not so much, but I've heard there's been some real big problems. Like I've seen, uh, who is it? Was it ne- was it Nelson? Uh, somebody was telling me that they they had they've had issues with judges in the past where they just don't get along. So to see them in the cage, it kind of throws them off. Yeah, that's kind of a yeah, it's a little bit of a, a conflict of interest there, isn't it? Um, that that that's that's the thing is like in life you're gonna have that right, and, and the shitty thing about life today is it's not like you know, it's not, it, that that kind of sucks too. Because there's a lot of judges, I think, that got in the spots that that just knew people or, or right or had friends high up that kind of got them where they were, kind of kind of fast tracked them there before they were even like maybe fully certified or I don't even know what the judge I don't even know what judges or referees well, I know what referees have to do but I don't know what judges have to do to become a judge. <laughs> I mean, I assume it's like any kind of like job application, right? Except they got to show some kind of criteria, but I mean, who knows? They just a check check a box. That's all it is. I mean, that's really all they're yeah. doing is checking boxes. I mean, seriously. Uh, Vince, boxes let's box can check all these guys. The man checking them. Yeah. Vince, let's be serious. Let's get let's get back to your fighting though, because the the re- the reality is, you know, you and I are the same age. Uh, it, you're you're in a very very oh, difficult. What are you trying to say? No 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 no. Well, listen, it's you. But, but no, here, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Is that you're you're in a, one of the toughest divisions in the sport? Okay, your record is phenomenal. Do you feel like you're peaking? Like this, you think that you do you feel like the you got into the UFC and you feel like this is the where you're supposed to be right now? A lot of a lot of younger kids are are hungry, but the fact is that you're at this 
this point right now, do you feel like this is the right path for you? This has always been – it played out perfectly. I mean, yeah, like, man, I, I'm, I'm such a big believer in timing in life, right? And, and timing's everything. I've had a lot of, of really, like – weird things that that the timing of my life is just too coincidental right for for my life to end up where it is today and who knows this could be one of them too right so i'm not really i'm not really downplaying it but i'm not gonna like put all my eggs in, in any basket right i'm still just out here fighting being trying to be a better fighter i made a huge move right to to a better camp and, and to a camp that that i think has made already a, a big difference in my fighting right by yeah. the last fight so um I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say no, I'm not gonna say no. Time the timing could be right for me. The, uh, and, and again, you're you're in a crazy division. It's one of the most the most difficult divisions out there. Um, <laughs> it re- it really is. I mean, I, listen, I pump up. I, I I love a lot of like. Listen, I'm a big bantamweight guy. I'm a big welterweight guy. But give me one division in MMA in specifically specifically the UFC, which is bad. There are none. There's no yeah. bad division, and lightweight just happens to be one of the most highlighted divisions in the sport and you've had killers after killers after killer and you, you, you yourself are there. And again, like you look at your record, you're 14 and two. That's, that's stupid. That's a stupid record to have in a freaking, in the lightweight division. It's got to feel good that you're making strides the way you are right now. And then, then you're, you're beating names in the sport. It's not like you're just sitting there and you know, you're just hanging around. No, you're, you're progressing at this point in time. Yeah, I, I do. I do feel like uh, I mean, I am a little older, right, for the sport, but I do feel like I'm still progressing. I'm still getting better at fighting, and that's the thing with fighting is as long as you can, as long as you can evolve with the sport. I mean, you have a place, right? But I always say this too: fighting is such a shallow sport that if you you stop for one, you stop the one step to to, to tire shoelaces, and the whole thing just stampedes you. So you really need to you really need to get on top of your shit. Yeah. So I, I think I'm just fortunate in that aspect where I'm, I'm still able to teach myself new things and, and learn new things from new people uh, at this age, right? Which is which is kind of hard because a lot of people, almost everybody, kind of gets in a lull and, and they turn. They're like, "Oh, I'm set in my ways. Here I am. This is me." Right. What what drives yeah. you? What drives you particularly? Because that that is a real thing. The fact is that you we, you know you can't teach old dogs new tricks, but yet. You are sitting there. You're you're proof that you're you're willing to learn and you're willing to go out there and and do like look at Randy Couture. That's a guy I always look up to. Like I look at him and I say one of my favorite fights was was him versus Tim Sylvia, and he was no spring chicken at all. I mean, he retired at 46 years old, but he won won a belt in his 40s, and he fought. He, he won was, a title at 46. <laughs> yeah, he did. Right, exactly. Exactly. So I'm that's what I'm saying, man. Like it just it it everyone's different. Are, are you someone that? You feel like you get you your brain specifically. You take your you're better with age. Like I can find one. I, I totally one hundred percent, man. <laughs> um, I I really have gotten like better through the years. And and when I started, I was super raw, right? And I still feel like I do have a little bit of that still raw fighter fighter in me. Um, but now I'm I'm actually implementing I'm implementing technique into my game. And I mean, if you talk to anybody that I've trained with, I'm really, I'm a really technical fighter. I have a lot of technique behind me, but when I fight, I'm just like, I'm just so in, in the, the route of, I need to cause damage to this guy. So a lot of my technique kind of just goes out the window, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I was, I was really excited to have this first fight for factory X. Uh, they, I got thrown right into the rivalry between them and elevation. What the hell was kind of funny. <laughs> um, so there was a little bit of pressure on me for this fight, but, uh, yeah, man, I just felt good. Uh, just training with the, with the team, the guys, the, and the young young guys of the team there just put me in such a good mood, man. They make me feel they make me feel like I'm fucking in my early twenties again, and just learning how to fight. I love it, dude. I love it. And again, you're 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 I, you're one of those people when I see the name pop up that you're having a fight, it's a can't miss fight. Like it just the <laughs> the energy you bring to the cage. It's something that it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be fun. That's and that's what we're looking for. I'm, a, I'm a, listen. I'm a fan of the sport. I like to be entertained, but you bring that energy. You know you're gonna get an entertaining fight. And I'm sitting there on pins and needles, usually watching the fights because I'm I, I'm a, I'm actually a big fan of yours too. So that that too, so that, that that really is one of those things where I don't know about you, but if you are you a fan of the sport, you sit there and watch us. You do you watch every single fight or no? You're just like a casual. You're just in it. I don't. Yeah, I don't watch every single fight, but I do watch certain guys when they fight. Um, I watch friends, and then I watch guys like. 
Cowboy, uh, you know, Robbie Lawler, like, like dudes that put on a fight like that. Yes. That, that energy is, is, is also super addicting to me. That's what I love. Right. So, so yeah, when, I, when those fights come on, I'm watching those suckers. That's, and that's what I'm talking about. So that's what you give off too. So I'm sitting there like, but I'm, I'm watching these fights and I'm bugging out. And it's one of those things where it's like, I can't <laughs> keep my eyes off it. So I thank you for that. I, I personally thank you for putting on performances the way you do. But it's more than that for you. It's not just about, you know, you want to have entertaining fights, but it's it's more than that. So so really, give me, when you're in the cage, are you, you told me, you said, like, you know, you're more technical, but do you really, is there a switch that goes from, like, all right, I I, I want to be technical to just, I'm going to rip the guy head, guy's head off. I'm, gonna, I'm going to go above and beyond <laughs> to make sure that I put as much damage on this person in front of me as possible. Yeah, and then in in the fight, actually, like, I'm super happy in the fight because when I train, I feel like I'm kind of handcuffed a little bit. Like, I'm, able, I'm not able to swing hard, like, like you know what I mean? Because, like, you, you don't want to be feeding up your your, 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 sparring, your sparring partners. You don't want to be hurting your teammates. Like, so in, Maybe in the gym, it's like, yeah, 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 some of them <laughs> sometimes. But, uh, you know what I mean? Like, in the gym, it's a little different. Like, we, we train and we, and we go hard on each other, but we don't, we're not there to kill each other, so... In the fight, it's it's actually like it's kind of exciting to me because it's like yeah now I now I get to I get to hurt this person and not, and not feel bad right like I, I get I get to just let that out and, and fighting for me is just like it's just something that I've that I've come to use to channel my anger because I've just been an angry I've just been an angry kid like growing up and, and I've always just had this this unquenchable anger sometimes it seems right that I that it took me a really long time to control. And then when, when fighting found me and, and I started fighting, I was like, damn, I love this because, mm-hmm. and I took to it so well because it let me be that, that angry kid, that, that angry person and just let loose and, and not feel bad about like physically hurting another person and actually getting paid for it. So like <laughs> when I fight in there, it's just like, I love it, man. Like it's, to me, it's like, what else, what else would I do with my life? You know, <laughs> like what else? Well, well, speaking of, like, give me, now that you're, you know, you've been in the UFC for a while now, um, you've been fighting for a while now, give me the outside experience, the best outside experience that MMA, that UFC have brought to you. Like, you're, if you got hobbies, if you're a big, you know, fan of music or movies or whatever, what have what have they brought to you to make your life like, oh, wow, this, this is only because I'm here right now? Hmm. Honestly, like without fighting and the things that, that I've, that I've got to experience or, or do because of fighting, my, my life would be, it would just be, I mean, I don't want to say like a boring, normal life, you know what I mean? But That's okay. I wouldn't know the people I would and I wouldn't have the memories I would, right? I, like for instance, I wouldn't got, I wouldn't have got to do like all these USO tours I did for the troops and I actually hang out in like Afghanistan and Iraq before, like with our military, right? That were out there serving and stuff. So. I get to do really cool stuff like that, right? Like, and then, uh, so I get teased for this, but I get, I became friends with Dominic Cruz after the show. So like, I have friends that are like talking shit, like, oh, you're okay, Mr. I'm friends with Dominic Cruz, but you know what I mean? Like, to me, he's just my friend, right? Like, he's my friend, but all these, like all my other friends are like, okay, Mr. Fucking Celeb, right? So they're just talking shit. So it's just like really cool shit like that, you know what I mean? That, that honestly, sometimes I kind of take for granted too, because I don't, I don't really, like, I don't realize that kind of stuff. Cause it's just like my life now. Right. And, but the thing that I, that I love the most that I've got from fighting is just a relationship. Honestly, the people that I've met, the training partners that I've, the people I've got to train with, the coaches I've got to meet, the people I've got to learn from the people who I've got to teach and share my knowledge to. Right. Like, so now as I'm getting older, I, that's what I really like now is, is being able to share my knowledge and, and pass things on past my, uh, my little trick tips and tricks that, that I do for fighting that, that have got me where I am to like the, the, the younger generation. Right. And that's, and that's why I love it over at Factory S. Cause I feel like, I feel like I'm, I don't feel like the old man there. Right. Like, even though I'm the oldest one of the team, like I'm legit the oldest one of the team, but probably like, I mean, well, there's one guy who's, he's a few years younger than me. And actually there's one person older than me, Mini Hunt that's been there for, he's been fighting forever. But, uh, the rest of the, the rest of the team is like early twenties, right. Mid twenties. And so like, I feel like I get along with them a lot, but I also have like that old dog wisdom that they don't have either. So, I, I get to give that to them, which is really it's it's a really rewarding uh, thing for me. That's awesome. Uh, let me ask you a question because Vince, uh, you know you you said it that you know um, 
you said that you know you're you're old, one of the older team people on the team, and you're you're teaching, you're giving your wisdom. But who is the person that has been there that was the most impactful to you in your career? Was there one person in particular that really was able to give you something that just like clicked? Like, oh shit, that was I needed that. Yeah, you know what? I've actually had a few people like that, but I would say the main person was probably my old coach, Brian Peterson. Um, I think, I think a lot of my success was because of him. Um, he he not only was able to like dissect in any person or technique down and and teach you it and, and and train it and know it right like that. Like he was just such an encyclopedia, but he also like knew how to he knew how to say shit to me that like got me going right like he knew how to he he knew what to say in the right situation to get me to to basically wake up either in a fight or jiu-jitsu tournament or training or you know what i mean or or what have you so i would say brian peterson is, is a huge huge part of that and like this is something that people don't realize also you can have like the best coach in the world and you can still plateau at a at a at an amateur level but if you have an average coach that knows how to that knows how to teach you things, right? That knows how to explain things to you and make you understand, you could be so much better of a fighter with this no name coach that no one really knows, right? Not to say that my coach was a no name, but he's not like Greg Jackson or any of these, you know, any or these alpha male coaches or these Lions coaches or, or these AKA coaches, right? Or or America's top team. Like so he's fairly unknown as far as those guys in the world of MMA, but he is the he's the main reason why why I'm so so the way I am when I fight and the analytical side of me that I have when I fight is has has a lot to do with him. Is, is that because one thing I like to ask people, you know, when did it click? When did it? When did you separate yourself from just like the average or the you know amateur rankings? When did you? When did you realize that you had a career in this and that like the UFC was something that you had a realistic goal as? Um, I felt, I mean, right away, I felt like I, like I had a career in fighting, but I didn't know to what degree, I guess I could say. Um, I, I never, I never like grew up doing any kind of martial art. I started training in MMA when I was 24, I was 25 and I was seven. That was when I, when I started training and I just jumped both feet first. Right. Right. And I had no, no, no training whatsoever in striking or grappling. I just knew I hit like, a, I just hit like a fucking Mack truck. Right. <laughs> so if I, if I hit, if I hit someone, they're. They're they're gonna they're gonna think twice about getting in that range again, right? So, like, uh, I I just had that, but um, I started training over there at the Johns O'Brien and those guys, and I kind of just that that I don't know that love for it kind of just picked it up for me. Um, I, uh, Vince, let me let me ask you something because as a big MMA fan, as a big UFC fan. As a big combat sports fan, you've seen the progression, the rise of the sport. You're part of it. You're on ESPN. You're you're making your way. You know, just it's it's just things that have happened even during this pandemic. UFC, MMA has risen compared to some other other sports. One thing that has come out of this though is the um, the Pauls of the world, Jake Pauls, the the Logan Pauls of the world. <laughs> And there's a big fight on Sunday. I'm not sure if you're looking forward to it. I don't know if you care about it, but it is happening. It's Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, and we've we listen. I'm a Ben Askren guy, so I was I was looking forward to him at least not embarrassing the MMA community, and that failed. Um, so <laughs> I'm I'm really really crossing my fingers and hoping and praying that Tyron Woodley, at the very least, and I I have more faith in Woodley in this one. That he can actually win this fight. I mean, it's a different. It's boxing, but I mean, he's a Tyron Woodley's a legitimate fighter. He's knocked out people before. It's different, yeah. but but I mean, tell me, give me your as an MMA part of the MMA team, the MMA family. Wh- where where do your feelings lie in this fight? I want to say first and foremost, if if I'm going to be in the MMA family, I did I did not once ever. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's the word I'm looking for? put my stamp of approval on Ben Askren representing the MMA community <laughs> in a boxing match. Never, ever would I, would I ever have a vote for some guy with such, such enormous pillow hands as Ben Askren to represent <laughs> us in a boxing match. <laughs> Taiwan Woodley. Eh, 
I, I give I give Tom Woodley a little bit of credit because he can actually can throw some hands, right? So right. I'm hoping he knocks out. Uh, is it Jake Paul? It's Jake. Jake. Paul, right? Yeah, it's Jake. What, what's the other, What's the other one's name? Logan. Logan beat Logan. not Bo, okay. Logan. Logan didn't beat Floyd, but he lasted eight rounds with Floyd after, even though we're being held up. But he was he lasted eight rounds with him. And what is Floyd doing? Not knocking that kid out. He needed to just. Hey, he ca- he's cashing it in, Vince. Come on, he's cashing it in. I know, but how much money is is worth your legend? You know what I mean? Like, how much money is is that legend worth? He still got the W, even though there was no decision. He still, he still, yeah. Listen, I agree. Uh, I but yeah, I, and I didn't pay for it. My friends did, but I did not. I watched it through them. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, if, if I was Mayweather, if I was Mayweather that fight, I would have, uh, I would let him last long, and then I would have put him down with body shots just, to, just to make a point. But, 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 Vince, just he, to make a point. Here's the thing, though, is right. It's amazing what, what. Now you tell me if I'm wrong here. Maybe, maybe I'm off, off base. But it's amazing what Floyd can do because he. Still, was he made a ton of money off that fight. He made Jake Paul look good enough, or Logan Paul, I should say, look good enough that he can fight again and still do that again versus somebody else and make a ton of money. He did that with Connor too. Connor, he could have. You tell me if I'm wrong. I think that if if Floyd Mayweather wanted wanted to, he could have beat up Connor McGregor much quicker than seven or eight, seven or eight rounds, whatever it was. But he let Connor last look good, and at the end of the day, Connor could walk away as I still lasted with Floyd this long, and I landed some shots, and I'm still a, a fighter. I don't know, but he didn't go the full eight, and, and Logan did. So I mean, <laughs> Connor McGregor's Connor McGregor's a bitch too now. So. <laughs> what? Uh oh, that's right. Listen, that, that only that is like. <laughs> Where do these standards? Where do these standards get dropped to rock bottom? Because I, now I think Conor McGregor's rock bottom. Right, since he got finished by Mayweather, but now Logan Paul survived the eight rounds. <laughs> oh, dude, listen. But and let me ask you a question. Just because we, we're, he's going down the toilet. Well, but now that Con, now we're talking about Conor, I just want <laughs> want your opinion on that too, because you know we we obviously listen. The broken uh, the injury to to Conor happened, not, and that was he's not coming back. He's, he's not, not coming back without Lana's reg. There's no way. He comes back with that that rod on his leg. He's he is gonna get, he's gonna pay for it. The guys are gonna target that thing. They're gonna kick that. If I fought him, I would just throw leg kicks. I would kick the and kick and kick that leg because it's gonna hurt Connor a hell of a lot more than it's gonna hurt you. Even if Connor checks it, it's gonna still gonna hurt him so bad. He has no idea. I see that in your mouth, your face right now. You just want to do it. You just want to yeah, kick him. That- Man, that to me, that's low hanging fruit right there. If I if I know that, if I know a fight a guy that I'm fighting has a rod in his leg, I'm kicking the shit out of that leg. You best believe I'm breaking that leg again. There's what, no way. What about a guy like Chris Weidman? Because we we saw Weidman, you know, and he says he's going to come back, and there was complications. So I think the thirteenth thirteen month window is not even for him. Like Anderson Silva came back after thirteen months of a layoff. I, I don't know if it's going to happen with Which Weidman because crazy. I know. Uh, it's, it, it is ridiculous, and I don't even listen. Personally speaking, I don't think Chris Weidman needs to prove anything to anybody. I think he's he's a champion. Does he have a rod though? Was it just? I think he just had a, a, a screwed, right? I think it's screwed, and I think, it, but there was complications. So I don't know what happened after that. I know that he had to get it refixed somehow. I'm not sure if there was an infection or something, but all I know is if there's a rod in their leg or they have permanent screws, the the chance of them coming back is very very slim. It's very slim. Because, like I said, like, like, for instance, especially on the lower leg like that, calf kicks hurt like a son of a bitch, right? Like, you get kicks one time with a good calf kick, and, and your leg's probably going to uh, fracture, or you're going to be hurt so bad that you can't really walk on it too good, right? So um, imagine, like, having just screws in there now and getting kicked, like, there now, right? It's going to – not only are you going to have just, like, that damage from, from that kick, that the muscle pain and whatnot, but – you're gonna have worse bone pain because you're gonna have that rod that's breaking your bones now, or those screws that are basically making your bones disintegrate inside there because they're destroying, you know, maybe what they're screwing, what they're screwed to. So, so it's like, yeah. Shit. So, so your opinion? You don't think that Connor's returning, even though that that's the first thing he said he wants a rematch with Dustin Poirier. So, how do you think this this lightweight division affairs uh, comes out? Like, where where do you where do you see who? who, who I mean, there's so, it's such a crazy. Uh, division. Yeah, Where yeah. do you see? How do you see it going? I mean, it just moves along with or without Connor, right? And I think it's going to move on without him. I mean, he might he might get a couple more. I don't know. He might come back, but he, I don't think he's going to be successful. If he is. 
if he does. I, I don't think the success. I think the success in MMA is gone. If he's in, if he's going to make any money or any success, it's boxing now, right? Where he doesn't have to worry about his legs or his legs getting hurt or, or injured anymore. Right. Plus, he'll make more, right, because of his mouth. So. Yeah, listen. He was still cutting a promo with a broken foot. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe he could try to take a shot shot of the title from uh, Logan surviving with. Not even Vince, not even joking. I was sitting there watching the, the Dustin Connor fight, and I was on with somebody who was telling me, he's like, if, if depending on what happens with this fight, Connor's going to fight uh, Logan Paul. Uh, not Logan, sorry, Jake Paul. He's going to fight him in, uh, in the first quarter of 2022. But clearly, that has now been pushed back because of the injury. But that, that's the plan. That was the plan. Man, Connor. Is he good for the sport anymore? Is he good for for the MMA anymore? I don't think he. I don't think he's really good for anything anymore. Something in him changed, right? Like he he forgot where he came from. Yeah. So he he's he's different than he used to be. So I, I don't think so. But if I was him, I'd be I'd be trying to cash out as much as I can because once once you step out a little more a little more into the ocean and that that floor drops that floor drops you're swimming from out there. Dude, I mean, he's got the yacht for it, though. He, he, he's he got the yacht. He's on a yacht. He's chilling. He's doing his thing, man. So, I mean. Yeah, it, you, know, you don't know, man. Is, is that his yacht? Did he rent that? <laughs> is he paying daily for that thing? Let, who is – let me ask you a question because – I'm going to ask you tons of questions. I'm almost done with the questions. Um, you've built great relationships. You've, you're, you're chilling with Dom Cruz. You're you. It seems like the the analysts love you, but whether it's Anik, whether it's DC, all these guys, they're big fans of the mustache. By the way, I don't way. feel like I don't feel like, I don't feel like DC likes me, but DC, I don't know. DC's weird to me. No, is he really? Yeah, he's weird. I think it's because I talk shit about wrestlers, and he's such like a little all to wrestlers, you know. So. <laughs> well, listen, but I, I get. Think- I think that's it. I get that though, because that's that's that's, <laughs> that, that's where you come from, right? If you're a big time wrestler, you're gonna try to defend your guys. You come from jujitsu, you're gonna defend your guys. You're a striker, boxer, and you're gonna defend. Yeah. You're gonna defend your art. You know, you're gonna continue. And I'm and I'm nowhere. I'm, I'm just that punk in the middle. That's like <laughs> fuck everybody, right? <laughs> you're the badass dude. So that's like, yeah. So he's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but let me. Where are you at with Dana? Where's your relationship with that with him? Do you can you call him and say Dana? I want I want a I want a ranked fight. I want a, I want a top ten fight. I want to get in here. This no. is what I want to do. No, I'm not that cool. Dana loves my fights, and every time afterwards he comes up to me and tells me it was a fucking hell of a fight, right? Like tells me how she likes my fights. So I get that from him, but that's no satisfaction for me for now. We gotta we got <laughs> we got we gotta got do more though. We gotta get who do you talk to Sean Shelby? You talk to Mick, who's the guy that yeah, you I really talk to, I talk to Shelby, yeah, I talk to Shelby. Let me, I like Shelby a lot. I have a good relationship with Shelby. Well, but I mean, here's the thing. So I know Joe Silva. I know a lot of people were were a little hit or miss with him. He came off. I like Joe, I like Joe Silva too. Then why was there a lot of shit talking on him? They, a lot of people shit talked him. Yeah, but who talks shit about him? Guys like Brandon Schaub. Like, come on now. <laughs> like, no, I, I do. It's, I, it's, it's the only guys I talk shit about him. To be to be honest, like right. It's yeah. only guys who are upset upset with with. With their own dumbass mistakes or their own dumbass, I don't know, right? Like their own bad attitudes, honestly, is what it is. So your so your relationship with, with Sean and Mick are, are really good, and your your how do you guys approach? Do, do they come to you with who you'd like to fight, or do you go to them? Or how, how does it work? Uh, I've come to him a couple times with fights that I've wanted, and then uh, he, he's coming to me. So it's kind of just like whatever, right? Like, but usually I'll be like, hey, I'm I'm looking to fight in, in this time frame. So who you got, and then he'll be like, "Oh, I got this. These guys that look for a fight." Who? And I'm who like, okay, what's up with this guy? What's so, the next time frame you got going on? What? What? What are we? When are we going to see you next? Are we going to see you in November at MSG? I would love that. Person speaking, because I'm here. Uh, I'm lazy. That'd be nice, but I don't. I don't know, man. I don't, I'm not really fond of New York, but I, I've oh, got to why not? What the hell? What's wrong? Because I said, well, because I'm making fun of your age. up there, man. You got to you got to have a vaccine to go up there. Oh, that gotta, is true. Go out in public and whatnot. I don't know if I'm down for that communism. It's like California. It's, got, it's too much like California. That's why I left. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I understand. <laughs> where, but but realistically, a time frame for you. Where do where what is a good time frame for you? I mean, you you came out of that fight pretty unscathed. Sorry, about the question because I was fucking with you. Was uh, it? <laughs> I, said, I totally forgot about the question because I was fucking with you. Just Listen, now. it's okay. Um, I criticize. I didn't criticize your age. I talked that <laughs> me and you were the same age. It's not criticism. It's, it, it is what it is. So I, you, you can fuck with me as much as you want. <laughs> Where? Um, hopefully, like, 
hopefully like end of the year, early next year, man. Um, I'm not banged up too bad. I actually just had x-rays done of, of two spots. My foot that I'm, my foot, I'm, I'm pretty sure I probably fractured my foot or something. Throwing mm. kicks. And then uh, my ribs are a little sore from, from push kick that he landed. He got me pretty good with a push kick. Um, so I'm, I'm having those checked out, but I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm in, I'm injured at all besides, you know what I mean? I don't think those, those are really too bad. So maybe a couple of weeks I'll be out of the gym, back in the gym. Uh, and then see where we go. Like I said, late this year, early next, uh, depends who he has. Um, just get after it. And then how long is this, is the stash staying? Is this, is this permanent for your, Oh, this motherfucker ain't going nowhere. I love it. This dude. thing ain't going nowhere. Yeah. It's staying. That, 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 it. It, might, it, might, it might be just a little dirtier next time. <laughs> Listen, I'm all about, I'm all about it, dude. It's a bad ass <laughs> stash. I, and I, if they were joking about that, all the, the the commentators should have should have kept theirs on too, because Anna can Anna can grow one kind of not like yours though, like that. You're a special, yeah, yeah. Hu- you know, you're a special human being to grow that stash the way it came out, right? Yeah, I know. And I, I felt I felt like I felt like I had a duty to grow the stash because of how well it grows in on me, right? So I felt like once it grew out, I was like, oh damn, I got I got a hell of a fucking stash growing right here, right? So as soon as it grew out, and I seen it, I was like, oh. I, just, I I'm doing I'm doing my I'm doing my service I'm doing my service all man I just sporting this son of a bitch. We appreciate <laughs> you because we can't do it. Listen, I got I got a nice beard, but I got no I the, the stash is not growing like that. And I I put listen I've had the uh, the the mustache November or whatever, and it I I've, I've I'm the I'm on the bottom rankings. I lose every time. I'm I'm not <laughs> stay even away from schools. Just yeah, stay away from schools. That fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a porn. It's not even a porn. I wish it was a porn star stash. It's not even close. Uh, listen, Vince, I appreciate that. Was hey, we all got to start somewhere, man. You should have seen my first stash when I first grew it. It looked all dirty, man. I was like, ugh, you're not growing this fucking thing out again, you sick fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Listen, Vince, I, you. <laughs> I appreciate the time, man. I really do. Can we do this again soon? Do you, do you, do you have, let, let, let's, let's do this again. I, I loved it. Um, what, give me something to promote for you too. Like, what else you got out there that you want to throw out there yourself? Um, actually, I just want to give a huge shout out and thanks to everyone that's that supported me. Um, Smoke Buddy's a huge sponsor of mine. Um, Rev Gear is a big sponsor of mine. Um, uh, Defense So, uh, Doctor Dabber is now a new sponsor of mine. Right, like these guys all these guys all help me and help me out throughout uh, my camps and stuff with money, with products. You know what I mean? Things to keep me going in my camp. Uh, huge shout out to Factory X, my team over at Factory X, all the boys over there. Uh, Coach Mark Montoya, Scotty, uh, Jordan, my manager, Jason House, for being in my corner, right? All these guys uh, who are still with me uh, to this day. Um, everyone that supports me past and present. And then uh, my socials, follow me on social media from Help the Show. Let's go. Vince, I appreciate it, man. And uh, seriously, all the best. And we're looking forward to your next fight, man. Stay healthy. Thank you, Pete. Have a good one, brother. Thank you to Vince. Um, Interesting. I mean, I I don't know enough about recovering from that sort of injury, and it's it's interesting how he brought up you know Weidman and and him. I thought Weidman was a worse injury, but it's not about the injury; it's about the recovery and what you need to recover. And a rod, I guess, is a huge big deal, and um, it's interesting to hear Vince talk like that. Um, I'll be back next week with more, as always. But thank you to Vince Pichel. Thank you to Chad George. Thank you to listening. I appreciate it. Again, follow me at the Hoff WFN. Follow me at the Five Fan WFN. Follow me at the Five Fan with Pete Hoffman everywhere else. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, WFN.com, Odyssey app. I will see you guys weekly with Moose and Maggie, Monday to Friday, 10 to 2. And then also I'll have a couple shows here and there as well on WFN. I will see you guys next Friday on the Five Fan with Pete
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.